All right, everybody, welcome back to the Noob School. Uh, John Sterling here, and I've got a good friend of mine, Will Schertz, with Methodical Coffee. Yep, that's right. Welcome, Will. Thank you. So, first time Will and I met, true story, I was kind of in business mode. We, we were both worked in the Bank of America building, and I was wearing like a dark suit and short hair, and I was kind of in business mode. <laughs> Will was to just open Methodical Coffee mm-hmm. in, in the base of that building, mm-hmm. first floor. I'm not kidding you. His hair was down to his butt. It was, yeah. <laughs> this is the shortest it's ever been. I yeah. know. I know. You're like a Marine recruit. <laughs> but his hair was so long, and sometimes he would put it up, and it was like like like, a, like, like pebbles, right? Pebbles <laughs> from Flintstone. Yeah. And now, fast forward like five years later, if I took my hair out of this ponytail, it would be longer than yours. <laughs> yeah. We switched. We're switched. We're switched. We're switching. So you're becoming the business guy. I'm trying. I'm becoming the video man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, anyway, funny. funny enough, Will is obviously much younger than me, and we had di- different hairstyles, and everything about us was different, but we immediately became friends. Uh-huh. I don't know how. How did it happen? I think it's because of how kind you were. Because oh, really? I, I kind of re- remember, um, I, I might not remember the direct day but i remember the feeling uh-huh. it was the first few months yeah. like first month maybe we yeah. even opened the shop you walked in you know huge guy <laughs> like just like bulk like coming in to order some coffee and you just you shook you shook my hand like we would just chat chat about it right away and immediately i knew how friendly you were and i was mm. like this is great and i think it was the um you broke the stereotype you honestly broke the uh, stereotype okay. of what i thought like yeah. a big business guy yeah. Yeah. would be like you yeah. know it's cool, well, cool. Well, you you broke the stereotype of what I thought a guy with his hair down to his butt would be like too. So, so we're even. That's great. We're even. So anyway, you you uh, let's back it up before methodical. I know you you went to Riverside High School in Greenville, and you're really into music in mm-hmm. high school, and you you were a guitar player uh-huh. in a band. Yep. Tell tell us about that. Yeah, well, I went to Riverside, and I went to the Fine Arts Center, mm-hmm. ninth and tenth grade year. And um, I was doing jazz performance at the Fine Arts Center. Mm-hmm. And Riverside was fun. I just went there. That's where I was zoned for. But I th- between the summer from 10th grade to 11th grade, I started playing music in this, in this gospel band. Mm-hmm. And these guys, they were just, like, amazing at playing music. And I was just so stoked to be with them. They were all a little bit older than me and wanted to, tra- wanted to tour around a little more. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I want to tour around with you. I want to like be able to go. And so I convinced my parents to let me, well, essentially I kind of had to drop out of school and re-enroll in, in this public, um, laptop school, basically. Yeah, yeah. They sent me a laptop. I could do school anywhere I wanted, anywhere where there was Wi-Fi. So I would play music during the day, go, go places. And then I would just be able to l- get my laptop out and do school for a couple hours. Yeah. And when I was in town, I would, uh, I got a job at a cafe, and that's when I started working in coffee shops. Okay. Probably my, my 11th grade year of high okay. school. And was that the first time you'd been exposed and gotten interested in coffee? I think so, yeah. I, I, I always thought baristas were cool. Like, mm-hmm. where I grew up, there was a shop called um, Carolina Coffee Roasters. Mm-hmm. And we would go there all the time just when I was, you know, middle school, early high school. I always thought it was cool, but I mean, I never thought I would get into it. You know, yeah. I loved music. I thought that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. 
But this job in the 11th grade was my first coffee job. And about two years into it, I mean, I was, it was pretty much like, this is just what I want to do. Interesting. Yeah. So before that, just a quick question. Who did you work with at the, at the Fine Arts Center on guitar? Steve Watson. Steve. Mm-hmm. Okay. Steve Good. Watson. He was amazing. He is amazing. Yeah. He's helped so many people. Steve is awesome. And then my private teacher was Matt Dingledean. Mm-hmm. And um, between them two, it was just like, had the whole world's knowledge of, of guitar yeah. in front of me. Yeah. I never, I never got it all, but... Yeah. <laughs> Did my best. Have you heard little Ronnie play? No. There's a kid in town named Ronnie Elliott who uh, he's 12 or 13. He might have just turned 13. Are you kidding me? He is. He's a real deal. Oh, real my deal. gosh. I played with him uh, a week or two ago. And, what? Uh, yeah. Does he is he learning from Steve privately or anything? He or? did, but he's now he's got some you know, New York teacher now. I mean, he's literally oh my gosh. Steve. I mean, they, but he, he's he's really really good. I'll, I'll afterwards wow. I'll give you a, some, a clip of him. But, <laughs> That's unreal. Yeah, he might maybe get him come play at a methodical thing. That'd be cool. He would he would draw the pe- draw the people in. Wow, awesome. So, so you were doing that for a couple of years playing guitar, mm-hmm. and and then what happened? Well, it was because when I was, I was still playing music with this band. When I was in town, I would work in a coffee shop um, right there on Main Street. And um, Which one? Liquid Highway. Yeah. Back when it was Liquid Highway. Now, now it's not anymore. Yeah. But I would work there. I would, just, I would go there in the morning, work a bar shift, and I had my laptop with me so my shift would end, and I would go sit in the coffee shop, pull out my laptop, and do school downtown. Mm-hmm. It was the best feeling, like... In 11th grade, like, that was just such a freeing feeling to be downtown, yeah. like, working, yeah. doing my high school. And I did that, and then I started hearing about uh, this shop called Coffee and Crema, mm-hmm. and it was over near the Fresh Market off Pleasantburg. And I walked in there, and it was just, like, an unreal level of coffee. So I, I sat down at the bar, I ordered a drink, and it was the best coffee I'd ever had in my whole life. And I was intimidated. They were all, like... Really coffee, like really into coffee, like geeky into it. And um, I didn't know. I've been working at Liquid Highway for about a year, but I didn't know anything about coffee still. Yeah. As much as I, well, I didn't know how much I didn't know at the time. But sat down at Coffee and Crema, and I was like, man. And I told the owner, I was like, I'll work here for free. Like, I just want to get a job here. Yeah. I just want to be here. And he was like, yeah, sounds good. Mm-hmm. And so I came and did, did an apprenticeship for a day. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, the manager called me and was like, we'll bring you on. Like, we'll bring you. And I thought that was, like, the top of the world for me. So nice. that's where I finished high school. Mm-hmm. I was working in this coffee shop, finished high school, about to go to college for recording engineering, mm-hmm. and decided that I just love coffee so much. Mm-hmm. So I asked the owner of Coffee and Crema, I was like, how do you make a living in coffee? Because at the time, you know, it's just, like, minimum wage. Mm-hmm. You don't make much in tips. <clears throat> and so... It was impossible. And he was just like, you just got to get creative. So I started a traveling coffee bar. Mm-hmm. I, would te- I would pack everything up in my car and go to business meetings, wedding rehearsals, um, conferences, anything all over the country mm-hmm. and brew coffee. Hmm. And that was called Vagabond Barista. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how I stayed in the coffee industry without knowing. I didn't have any money to start a, a coffee shop or anything. So how did that work? If, if I wanted to 
hire you. I, I would just want someone to be on site brewing good coffee uh-huh. for my wedding rehearsal versus whatever they would bring me out of the kitchen. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I had all these trinkets that I would brew coffee on that looked like a science experiment. Okay. And I could brew a good amount of coffee, and I brought glassware, so I served your yeah. coffee in glassware. It was just whole this whole experience. Mm-hmm. And um, back then, when I did Vagabond Barista, it was funny. Like, I would show up at events, but I, I didn't ever bring cream or sugar with me because I was, like, so into it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And most people really enjoyed it, even if they it wasn't what they would want to drink every mm-hmm. day. It was just mm-hmm. an all-around experience. Yeah. And that's kind of what kept me in the coffee industry, just being able to still work at Coffee and Crema and also do Vagabond Barista. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I was doing Vagabond Barista um, full-time for a little while. Mm-hmm. And my friend Marco did my branding for Vagabond Barista. And uh, fast forward, he texted me one day. He's in the, he was in the tech industry as mm-hmm. a designer. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, you want to start a coffee shop together? <laughs> and I'd been doing Vagabond Barista for a few years by now. And it was fun, but it was like, I was doing it by myself for the mm-hmm, most part. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my friends would help me, but it was kind of lonely, like packing my car up, driving to an event, brewing coffee, doing everything by myself. Yeah. And I was like, this isn't, this isn't going to work. And so when he asked me if I want to start a coffee shop, I was like, this is it. Like, yes. And I said, we need David, my other business partner, David. So yeah. Marco, David, and myself are now business partners. Nice. Methodical. nice. And so how would you get... Um, how would you get your leads for for that business? For Vagabond Barista? Mm-hmm. I remember I would I took a notebook and a pen mm-hmm. and I started at North Main Street and I would look at every single business that was at that was on Main Street and write it down mm-hmm. if it seemed like a possible um, client that I could have yep. that I could reach out to and even for restaurants, maybe it was like a special breakfast that I would go and, and set up a coffee bar for a brunch that was being held. Mm-hmm. And so I would, I would write down all the businesses from North Main to South Main. And then I'd go hang out somewhere, get out my computer and research. I would just try to find the best contact for each business, tell them what I did. Mm-hmm. said, hey, like, I have a traveling coffee bar. We could either have events. I could come to a meeting. We could have a private tasting for your, for your customers. And people would... I mean, lucky enough, some people would, would book me to come to their event. And so honestly, the downtown area, the, that, the strip of Main Street, mm-hmm. was where I spent most of my time initially because I didn't know all the new opportunities that were out there. Yeah. But all the connections I made from just these businesses on Main Street mm-hmm. got me a gig in Las Vegas at a carpet convention. Mm-hmm. I set up a coffee bar. And then it, it got me a, a connection to go all the way up the Northeast to, like, Boston, yeah. New York, everywhere. Yeah. And I would set up at um, colleges during exam time and brew coffee in the study hall. And all mm-hmm. the, the college would pay me, and I would go. But it all that. started with a concentrated marketing and, and outbound sales effort mm-hmm. for Main Street businesses. Yeah. And then those customers led to other places. Exactly, yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. Huh. Um, that's wild. So, you, you know, you told me you weren't a salesperson. That sounds pretty salesy, Will. <laughs> I don't know. It's just by necessity at the time. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's always by necessity. Yeah. But, yeah, and I, I didn't even feel like that was sales. I was just trying to, like, I was like, <laughs> I would set up. I never told anybody this, which is good, but I probably would have set up for free, you know, if they <laughs> would have let me be there. Yeah. 
But, but all that say, I was doing great. Like I couldn't believe that eventually I was doing Vagabond Barista as my full-time gig, you know, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I would do four or five events a week. And that mm -hmm. was, that was plenty. Yeah. And, um, it wasn't until methodical that I learned more about really trying to sell coffee yeah. in a different format. Vagabond Barista, I was selling an experience and, and at an event and I'm, mm -hmm. Still, in a way, doing that, but in a different way. So you're pr so almost logistically, you needed your your primary customers to be relatively close, right? You didn't mm -hmm. want to drive all over the yeah. country or fly. Yeah, you wanted to be right around Main Street, and mm -hmm. so you your, your top prospects were close. Mm -hmm. They were all businesses, and you know, from a sales perspective, I mean, we we would coach people to say, you know, get your list together. Of the of the most likely buyers, and then your goal from there is simply to inform, you know, let them know, you know, what it is you have, and see if there's anything you can help them with, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. so that's pretty cool. What do you think your, if there was a hundred businesses you contacted, how many of them, how many of them were interested, and how many of them actually bought something? Probably um, out of a hundred businesses, I would think, I would get a response from at least 40 of those businesses. Mm -hmm. And then I would probably end up doing an event for 10 or 15 of them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So 40% response rate and 10 to 15% mm -hmm. overall. Yeah. But That's I pretty think, good. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And I think a lot of the people that responded but weren't interested, it was just because I didn't do my research, really. A lot of them were just like, we just don't have a need. And if mm -hmm. I would have maybe studied a little bit more. Yeah. And learn more about their yeah. their business, then I might not have even reached out to them, and I would have right. saved myself the time. But. Right. Well, what did you what did you learn about sales in the course of doing that? Like talking to people that didn't know you, and what was that like? I think my first um, learning experience for it, man, I I just loved that was my main thing. I was so excited to meet people that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I love that connection to be made, which. The, there's nothing like a face-to-face -face connection with somebody, but mm -hmm. couldn't always do that. But I, th I think my first learning curve was, man, like I just reached out to 100 people. Who responded? Like, who said yes? Like, we're just organizing my, my conversations with everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, um, that was kind of difficult. So, until how'd, I got my feet on it. How'd you keep track of it all? Well, when I was... 18 years old, I just kind of uh, wrote sticky notes. <laughs> <laughs> that's not bad. At least write something down, but yeah, I, I wrote bad. sticky notes all over the place. Notebooks, all paper. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> it was good. I think if you have, depending on how many you have, I mean, 100 may be too many, but, yeah. but you know, I can see 40 sticky notes. You know, 40 <laughs> people interested, and you kind of move them to the right every time they take another step toward the you know, sale. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's not bad. That's funny. Yeah. That's the kind of system I, I use an electronic system, electronic sticky note kind of system what is for, it? for what, what do I do now. now? Airtable. Airtable, okay. Airtable. We talked about some other ones, but you found yeah. Airtable. Is that like moving the sticky notes? This is just what I've been using okay. for about a year or two okay. now Okay. to sell coffee. Yeah. And it's it's working. I think there's a really interesting gap between, from what I know about tech sales mm -hmm. And coffee sales, I think there's a really interesting gap between the two from what I'm learning. So, 
in tech sales, it seems like there's like levels of people, yeah. you know, like yeah. lead generation, customer acquisition, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And coffee sales, I think what I've learned is, I've never heard this term, but I've learned the term full cycle sales. Mm -hmm. I think pretty much all in the entire coffee industry that's on our level, like, you know, not massive, massive companies, but the entire, the entire coffee industry that we are competing with, everybody is a full cycle sales rep. So they're like generating the lead, they're reaching mm -hmm. out and getting the customer, and then they're upkeeping their own yeah, accounts. Yeah. And that's what I've been doing at Methodical yeah. since we started roasting coffee. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting because I'm like almost wondering if there's a hybrid. I think a lot of full cycle salespeople like me, yeah. like so now fast forward a little bit, we started Methodical and we roast coffee and we roast coffee for coffee shops that don't roast their own coffee all over the country and throughout Canada. But my argument, which might be naive, is um, the type of sales that I do is incredibly relational. And if I ask somebody if they want to buy our coffee mm -hmm. and I make that sale, then I want, like, I almost feel like, oh, well, like, I got sale. Like, I want to keep a relationship with them. I should, I should be the person to upkeep our relationship. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of the people like me in the coffee industry go back to the, well, it needs to be relational, you know? And then I talk to some people that are more like in the tech sales mm -hmm, world, mm -hmm. and I, I hear that their argument is it's still, it's still relational. It's just or, more efficient mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. But. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't doubt yourself, Will. You have, you have your own unique way of thinking about things, or, or else you wouldn't be where you are. So I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't doubt that. But there's, you know, there's, there's a couple of ways to look at that. Um, one is that, you know, the common way today is to split it up, you know, and mm -hmm. you've got someone who makes the list and someone who tries to break through and have a phone call mm -hmm. and someone who does the first discovery call, mm -hmm. someone who closes the deal, and then somebody who takes care of them. It's five things. <laughs> yeah. Five things. Um, so that's the way the big tech companies do it now. You know, you could do it where you could say to a new rep, you know, we, we're relational people, but you got to go find your own people to have a relationship with. Mm -hmm. So... We're going to let you go find, you know, 15 co companies you're going to be selling to. And once you get 15, you just take care of those. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And not, not think they're going to – because what will happen is if, if, you, if you say you're a full-cycle rep, you'll be really good at prospecting for a while. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you get enough business to pay you enough commissions, you're not going to be prospecting anymore. <laughs> right. Because you're going to be, I'm taking care of these people. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, your your way of doing it's so cool. Uh, there's there's companies out there who are doing very well, who who don't they really don't have any salespeople, they they don't even have commission plans. That's like we fascinating. About, yeah, they're just like, why, why would I pay you a commission? Your job, just like let's say someone's job is to roast the coffee, mm -hmm. they don't get a commission for roasting it. Right. That's, That's their job. Yeah. You know, your job is to contact, you know, seven people a day, go through this process, share what we do, and see if they want to buy it or not. Mm -hmm. I guess that kind of makes sense, yeah. Not many people do it that way, but some people do. They treat yeah. it as just another job that you're supposed to do. Not Like it's not some kind of magical thing. Um, Seems like it might be a little more difficult to get great salespeople if you're doing Unless you're paying them a really amazing salary. 
I mean, you, you're, you're going to get a different kind of person. You're going to get mm-hmm. probably more of a um, someone who's more of a customer service oriented person. Mm-hmm. And in some industries, it might be okay. Yeah, I don't know. We've I've never hired a salesperson before, and we're we're at the point at Methodical now. Yeah. I've been doing all of our wholesale business, yeah. so mainly, I mean, it kind of fluctuates to other businesses too, but mainly focusing on researching coffee shops around the country. I'll narrow in on the top largest cities in each state. Like that's kind of what I've been doing. And just study, I study all the coffee shops in each of those largest cities Mm -hmm. and I get my list. So there I am like prospecting and doing some lead generation. Um, Been doing that. And then fast forward to today, I found in the past six months that I'm kind of maxed out mm-hmm. since I am the one upkeeping all the relationships yeah. of the people that I sold coffee to. So I've never, I've never hired a salesperson before and I'm, yeah. we're looking now and uh, yeah, it's going, it's going to be, it's going to be fun working with a salesperson. But when I bring them on, I'm going to have to like create more structure mm-hmm. in our sales team. Cause right now it's just all, knowledge that I have that I don't have to communicate to anybody the way I sell, like how I communicate with people and what information I tell them and the consistency of the way I tell the story of methodical. And I I don't want to necessarily give someone a script because I want them to be whoever they are, you know, but this rep would be selling to your wholesale customers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Other coffee shops, Mm -hmm. other roasters, not other roasters, more like coffee shops, restaurants, hotels. Okay. A little like boutique grocery stores, okay. but they spend most of their time on um, coffee shops because we offer training for people who use our coffee uh, exclusively. Yeah. Like before I came over here, I was hanging out with three baristas in a shop that's about to open and I was teaching them all about the espresso machine and how to make coffee and, and I want to be able to keep doing that. Yeah. And if we want to double or triple or quadruple the size of our company... I think now I've reached my maximum and I want to sustain that and I want to bring someone else on to start working towards their maximum. That's good. So in case they're watching right now, what kind of person are you looking for? Um, Man, it's tricky. I've I've been trying to figure that out because I, I want someone who, and this is subjective that I say this, but I want someone who when I sit down and, and talk to this person and hang out, like, I don't know. I kind of want to be drawn in a little bit, you know, like Mm -hmm. I want to have that feeling that I want to spend more time with this person, Mm -hmm. you know, like just a very uh, kind, easy person to be around. Mm -hmm. So I want, I want him to be that, like that flexible, easygoing, um, easy communicator, just very, very, um, oh man, enticing in a way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then I also want them to be incredibly organized and, kind of like systematic, but I don't want that systematic mindset to come through to, and feel robotic to the person right. they're talking to. Right. Right. So easy going, systematic, really well organized. And, um, well, they have to, they have, they got to love coffee mm-hmm. and the, tricky, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm, the, a, I'm allergic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that the trickiest part about this specific job is I want a salesperson who can do, can be a full cycle sales rep, but can also learn to train baristas. Mm-hmm. So like, that's like really unique. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I've talked to several people who are, they have all those aspects, but they, they don't know a thing about coffee, which is fine because I can teach it. Yeah. But that's going to be the thing that they're also going to have to want to do, you know. Maybe maybe this person's already a barista somewhere. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they already love coffee, know coffee, and now they can go call on people and sell coffee. Exactly. Know yeah. a lot of people in the coffee industry. That helps, too. Yeah. All right. Well, Yeah. that's cool. I like that. Um, so what else? Oh, man. I guess I didn't really uh, talk so much about about the transition, like the why, why Methodical is even really here. Yeah. But, but it's like a dream come true because we, um, it's, not, it's not so much sales, but we, I, I had a hard time starting a career in coffee mm-hmm. coming out of high school yeah. that I wanted to create a business that would um, pay people a livable wage and like create a pathway for them to grow. Mm-hmm. And so we started Methodical downtown Mm-hmm. As our first coffee shop, we had six baristas, um, plus me, there every day. And Marco and David still had full-time jobs. And it was just me full-time out of the owners. And then slowly, we started roasting coffee, and now we have, two, we have three cafes total. And, um, well, maybe, I might be saying this just in case any potential salespeople are listening right now. We just have a great company, so we're, we're always working on making it better. Mm-hmm. But... Um, but it's just exciting that we're like we've we've finally made pathways for people to have careers in coffee in Greenville and Greenville's still kind of a small town, you know, it's not yeah. not a huge city yeah. yet. But um I'm just pumped. I just can't I just can't believe it how it happened. <laughs> well, you know, you you've had a, a real passion for it, you know, since that since you got the bug in high school, I guess. Uh-huh. And uh and then I think your personality and work ethic drew other people to you. Right, yeah. and, I, and we talk about it with with the school all the time. Is, you know, and, and even in my book, you know, we say many people make the mistake coming out of school, whether it's high school or college, where I'm going to go get a good paying job. I uh-huh. want a job. I want a good paying job, and so they find themselves doing something, mm-hmm. and it might even be decent paying, but it's not what they love. Yeah, and so if you have the chance. You at least ought to go for it. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you love coffee, you at least ought to try to find a way to make that happen. Uh-huh. And, um, and you, you've, you've absolutely done that, and you've got a niche in the market, and you make the best coffee. That's, that's, that's kind of important. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, what's, uh, what's your favorite word? My favorite word? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, this is hilarious. Wine. Wine. <laughs> that was the first thing that came to my mind. You're supposed to say coffee. Will. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You gotta have a hobby. What's your favorite wine? I've been, I've been drinking a lot of um, I've been drinking just a lot of old world Pinot Noir right now. Okay. Which I mean usually would be Burgundy, right? But uh-huh. I found this wine, um, and it's a Pinot Noir from Alsace, France, which uh-huh. is fascinating because uh-huh. you know usually in Alsace it's all white wines. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, old, old world Pinot Noir. Right now, that's what I'm interested in. Do you sell wine at the at the coffee shop yet? No, not yet. Okay, not yet. I I'd like to get into the wine business one day. I think. Well, I you know, I don't know. In Seattle, they just drink coffee 24 seven, so they've learned how to drink <laughs> coffee all day. But around yeah. here, I think people, you know, maybe mm-hmm. they need something to do in the afternoon. Yeah, drink, exactly. Good oh. juice on the on the red wine. It's one of the easiest ways to. To travel in one spot, you know, you can have <laughs> wines from five different countries, and 
you can like, especially if you've been there, yeah. you've had the wine, then you just kind of like feel like you're there and you remember all the experiences you've had with that yeah. wine. Yeah. Cool. Well, Will, um, as usual, any time with you is delightful. And, and for, for, the, for the people watching, if somebody wants to contact you about the sales job, huh? how would they do that? They could email me okay. at will at methodicalcoffee.com. Okay. And then your shops are where? Our shops, we have three shops in Greenville. One is on Main Street in the plaza where Tupelo Honey is in the yep. canal building. The second one is at the corner of Lawrence Road and, and, and or Stone Avenue in Wade Hampton where the community tap is in, in the yeah. Stones, yes. Stones Point. And the third one is at the Commons in Unity Park. Right. Yeah. Right. And then if they want to buy wholesale. Yeah. Email me. Email you. Mm -hmm. Email okay. me. Right. They, they can submit a wholesale application on our website, but sometimes they can just reach out to me if they know my email. And are y'all doing much social media? Yeah. We're on Instagram, Methodical Coffee. Okay. I th yeah. I think we're on Twitter too. I think it's Methodical Coffee SC. Okay. Uh, maybe don't quote me on that. All right. Definitely Instagram. Well, Thank you so much for coming today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You're, you're doing great. And uh, maybe we'll check in and do a, do a podcast update in a year or so and see what you've been accomplishing. Yeah, things will be different Bring in your year. guitar next time. <laughs> I got to practice. Thank you, man. Thanks. Take care. <laughs>